Hey, welcome back to this episode of the Live Revised Podcast. I am your host, Christy Browning. And in case if this is your first time joining us here for the episode, let me just introduce myself. I'm a motivational and inspirational speaker, author, and coach. And what you're going to find in this podcast channel is a lot of encouragement, empowerment, and inspiration to help you uncover your purposes, your passions, and your possibilities, because life is full of them. And today we're going to be talking about life balance. How many of you have said, man, I just need more balance. Things just seem out of balance. And we're always chasing this elusive concept of life balance. Well, today we're going to talk about how life balance is really unachievable. In fact, I call it a lie, a myth, something that is just not even possible. We're going to talk about why that is and what the alternative option is for you so that you can live the life that you really love. Have you ever experienced like a meltdown or some sort of breaking point when all seems extreme and the pressure is mounting and you just can't take it anymore? We've all experienced that. I've experienced that. I remember being in a space and time in my life. I was pretty young, um, maybe in my mid-20s. And it was just a season where so much was going on and I felt so packed. My schedule was packed. It was a busy time. It happened to be during the holiday season, which of course is busy for all of us. But on this particular holiday season, I was busy with my church involved in a pageant that had tons of rehearsal involved. I was also involved in singing for our our area Philharmonic, which again, during the holiday season had a really, really tough rehearsal schedule um, on top of just all the holiday stuff, right, that you experience normally. Uh, So it was a stressful time to say the least. There was a lot going on and a lot competing for my attention. Um, And I remember working full time and leaving the office and having to drive home and, you know, grab whatever I needed to grab to eat and then race out to the next rehearsal or the next, um, you know, practice that I had to be at for whatever event was going on. And there was just that moment where it all just kind of came crashing down on me and I couldn't take it anymore. So happened to be a night I came home from work and I thought that I had nothing else going on. I thought finally uh, a day that doesn't require me to be somewhere to sing or rehearse or show up. I can just veg out on the couch and watch TV. Uh, And I was in a space where I really, really needed that. Maybe you know what that feels like too. Uh, I had actually fallen asleep on the couch and the phone rang. And this was back in the day when you still had a landline phone. Um, so I grabbed the phone to find on the other end of the line, our pageant director who was frantically calling because we had started rehearsal that evening and I wasn't there and they were going to be rehearsing parts of the music that required me to be there. And she was panicking because I was a no-show. So in my sleep state. I had to jump up, get dressed, throw on clothes, get ready, and go over to the church for rehearsal. Needless to say, I was really disappointed in the fact that I couldn't just have a veg out day on the couch. Um, But I was feeling the emotional um, end of my rope, if you will. Like I just I just didn't need someone to need me for something else at that point in time. So I get to the parking lot and I'm grabbing all my stuff out of the car and I'm heading into the church and it hits me that I locked my keys in my car. 
And it was just kind of that moment where it's like, I can take nothing else. I'm at my breaking point. I'm stressed. I'm tired. I'm cranky. I just got woken up from a nap. I don't want to be here. You know, just all of those emotions. Right. And I literally just sat down in the parking lot and cried my eyes out. (laughs) And I don't really know how long I was there. Um, someone happened to come out of the church and see me sitting there in the parking lot, literally sitting in the parking lot, just Indian style with all the stuff that I had in my hands just spilled around me. And I was bawling my eyes out. And uh, the lady was like, are you okay? What's going on? And she was obviously concerned. I probably looked like I should have been put in a um, institute. (laughs) So she kind of picks me up off the ground and I tell her I locked the keys in the car and I'm like motioning to her with my hands and all this stuff in my hands. And she kind of grabs my wrist and slows my motion down and she plucks the keys of my car out of my hand. So all this time, I didn't lock the keys in my car. I was just in such an emotional, frazzled state. I didn't even realize that I actually had the keys, right? Which sent me into another emotional meltdown because I was like, what is wrong with me? You know, I'm just a basket case. This poor lady. (laughs) She was so sweet. And she's like, let's walk into the church together and you take a seat and kind of gather yourself and take your time and can I get you something to drink and whatever. And so I made it through rehearsal and the pageant was great, wonderful. It worked out. But that moment, I can still feel the emotional weight of that moment of being that far gone. And really, if I look back at it now, being a lot older and maybe a little bit more wiser, I could have recognized the fact that I was heading down a really bad path for me that left me spent, that left me empty, that was all the good stuff, right, that I was doing, but it was taking an emotional toll just because I didn't create any margin in my life. There was no balance and everything was just to the extreme. And so I began to realize the importance of my time and also recognizing that there are, there are limitations to what I can do. And so I'm going to walk you through a couple of check-in points um, for you when it comes to this whole concept of, of balance and of time management. And I wrote a book on time management that you can actually get for free. It's a free ebook. I'll include that in the show notes for this episode if you have not gotten a copy of that. And we kind of talk about some more practical, tactical ways to manage your time. So definitely check that out. But for this particular episode, we're going to really talk more intuitively about your thoughts when it comes to balance and how you spend your time and where your time goes. So hang on for that. We're going to dive into about six different points that I hope are things that you can you can take and start applying to your own life. But more importantly, really being able to look inside and to look at where you're at emotionally, mentally. Uh, as far as what fits for you and how do you determine what that looks like and what your limitations are and what you need most in your life when it comes to balance. And more importantly, we're going to talk about why balance doesn't exist at all. So here we go. So the first thing I want to do is dispel a myth or rumor that there is such a thing as balance. I believe that balance is an absolute lie. We've all been fed this concept of balance and it never really exists. I want you to think about what that means when we talk about balance. That means that all things are equal. 
that if you spend eight hours a night sleeping, you should also have eight hours in the day for your job and eight hours a day for your family and eight hours a day to volunteer in your community. And if we really lived life on a balanced scale, we would need 47 hours in our day which is not going to happen, right? <laughs> so in my book, Kick the Clock, which is my ebook on time management, I talk about the concept of, you know, not being able to create more time. And we don't really need more time in our day. It's really about our mindset, about our choices and how we spend our time. And it really starts with this idea of balance versus harmony. Balance means that everything has to be equal, that there's a regimented a dose or method or uh, amount that has to be applied to all aspects of our life, whether that's our finances, our careers, our jobs, our families, our personal development, our spiritual development, you know, all of that, if we're going by the rule of balance, means it all gets the same amount from us. And that's just not possible. There are times where certain areas of life are going to require more from you, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you're trying to launch a business, that's going to take precedence over maybe what you choose to do in your personal development. Maybe you don't also try to learn how to play the piano, right? Because you may not have time for both of those things, and there's nothing wrong with choosing that. The issue we have with balance is that a lot of times we are stuck having to make tough choices and we just don't want to have to make the choice. And it's not like we're choosing between bad things like, do I take my time tonight and go rob a bank or do I take my time tonight and go to a Bible study? Like, we're not making those kinds of choices. We are making choices of, do I have a date night with my spouse or do I go have a night out with my girls? equally both great options, but depending on who you are and where you're at, that choice may look different for you than it would for me. So the thing is, is really about the choices, right? And it's really about knowing what we want, not feeling like we have to apologize for what we want and being okay with the fact that when we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. Meaning when we say yes to having a date night with our spouse on a Friday night, every Friday night, we're saying no to other things that could come up on a Friday night. This happens a lot when I talk to women about business and we're doing business coaching. Um, we have this discussion about you know, what our choices really mean for us and really deciding that we're okay with that choice. And so when we talk about goals or we talk about um, where we want our time and our efforts to be spent, I'll say to them, you know, what's important to you? Well, it's important for me to have a home cooked meal with my family around the dinner table every night of the week. Okay. That's a great goal to have and a great ambition. But what that means is that you can't also say that I'm going to launch a business that requires me to be out of the home every night of the week to sell my product or do a party or have some sort of a client connection. The two conflict each other, right? You can't do both. And so balance really comes down to, first of all, realizing that not all things are equal. Sometimes certain things take priority. It also comes down to realizing that, again, you're saying yes to something means saying no to something else. And being okay with the fact that you can't do all things for all people all the time. There becomes a choice and there becomes a chance for you to decide what you do and how you do it. So let me give you some real life examples in this regards. 
So I have a friend um, who several years ago, a decade or more ago, had a really successful business. She was really killing it. She was doing amazing. And she had a family and they were all on board with her business and knew that that meant that mom was going to have to take some nights out or weekends out, you know, to do stuff for clients and, and do her business. But there became a point where her youngest son became really ill and they didn't really know exactly what was going on with them, had to do a whole bunch of tests. And they found out that her son had a form of child cancer. And so they ended up transporting the child to Indianapolis, which is a couple hours south of where we lived. And he received treatment there. And of course, like every mother on the planet, she went with him. Like she was down there too. She stayed by his bedside, slept in his room, you know, was with him hand in hand through that entire process. And luckily he uh, got better and he's a healthy kid now doing life like any other normal kid would do his age. But in that season, in that specific place in time, my friend was nothing but focused on her child. And of course she would. What mom wouldn't do that, right? What didn't happen is in that time frame when she was spent sitting next to her kid's bed, hoping and praying that her child would get better. She didn't grow her business. She didn't launch a new product or service. She didn't really even do a whole lot with the business because she was focused on her kid. And in that season, the pie, right? The pie, if you did a pie graph and divided that all up between aspects of life, the pie was heavily one-sided for her family and her kid and minuscule little slivers for working out, for running a business, for any kind of personal development or nights out with the girlfriends or date nights with the spouse. Like it was survival mode for them all in that moment. Now thinking about that, that's a pretty extreme situation and hopefully none of us have to experience that situation. But when we look at that, we think, well, of course, let her have that time with her child. That makes perfect sense. But we don't give ourselves the same grace. When something like that happens to us and we have to pull back or make choices about where our time is at, or if an area of our life has to take bigger priority over another, there's sometimes not the same grace and forgiveness in allowing ourselves to be in that space. I'm blessed to get to run in a lot of circles with women who own businesses, and I love it. They're some of my favorite people because as women, we know what it's like to go get it done. We know how to be scrappy and tackle things and really, you know, run hard after what we want. But it always comes with a choice, right? Because when we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. So I had a friend that was in a group of business women um, that kind of helped encourage, support, and like lift each other up. And, um, somewhat kind of peer coach each other to success. And in the conversation of this, one of the gals who was trying to launch this new business, um, she also has three really small children, came to the group and said, hey, listen, I hate to do this, but I have to put my business on hold. I've just realized that this time with my children is sacred and special and I won't ever have it again. And, you know, to do this business is going to require me to take too much time away from them. And I'm just not willing to make that sacrifice. Um, so I'm just going to put this on hold until they're older. And I feel like we're in a better space for me to do that. Who in our group would have said to her, that's a horrible choice. None of us would have said that. None of us did say that. We all respected the fact that she recognized that there was a different choice she wanted to make. And instead of trying to push herself to find quote unquote balance and have equal 
uh, pressure and priority and effort applied to building a business, as well as all of that applied to her family, she just realized that that wasn't something she could do and that it wasn't what she wanted. And so she made a choice. She said yes to her family and said a little while later for her business. And that is okay. So many times when we're looking for the balance, we don't give ourselves the grace to make the choice. And we don't give ourselves permission to go against that what everyone thinks we should be doing. My sister is a perfect example of this. She has always been the personality type that really didn't care what anyone thought. She was going to do what she wanted to do and how she wanted to do it. Uh, I did not get that gene. It took me a long time to personally develop that in myself, but she was just born with it. She came out stubborn and self-identified. <laughs> like She just has been that way. Uh, as she kind of got older and started uh, graduating out of high school and getting married and started a family, she had to make a choice about being a stay-at-home mom. Well, she was going to do that or not do that. She had um, built up a business and a career as a, as a cosmetologist in a really upscale salon and loved it. That's what she wanted to do. But she also knew she wanted to be a mother and felt she had to make a choice. And so she made the choice to stay at home. Now, look at me and my situation, totally different. I decided that not having a family was what I wanted. I didn't want to have kids because I wanted to have the ability to go do all the things I wanted to do. Not that kids saddled me. It was a choice. My sister's decision was a choice, even though it was different from mine. So there's this concept that's running around the world that we can have it all. And that's not true. We can't have it all right now. We can't have it all. We can't have a family. We can't have a business. We can't, you know, spend time developing ourselves emotionally, spiritually, physically. We can do all the things. We just can't do all the things all at the same time. There has to be decision. There has to be choice. And when we feel like that we have to do all the things all at the same time, that's when I feel like this balance concept rears its head and we really start to feel like things are out of sorts and we're feeling disconnected and we're feeling overwhelmed and we're feeling kind of crushed by the weight of our day when we're the ones that put ourselves there in the first place because we were trying to do all the things. So let me give you a different concept to think about. Instead of balance, which I don't really think is possible because not all things are equal, not all things take the same priority or effort, and uh, depending on the season of life you're in, the things that take precedence, the things that take priority are going to change. So instead of thinking balance, what if we lived by harmony? And by harmony, I want you to think for a moment about an orchestra. Now, if you've gotten the chance to ever see a live orchestra perform, there's nothing like it. Even if you don't like classical music, just being in the zone, being in the space and hearing the actual instruments and watching them play, it is just really beautiful. I had a, a small opportunity for a very short period of time for just a couple of years to get to sing with the Philharmonic in my area um, and do some really cool performances with them. I loved it. And one of the things I love the most is when we would do Christmas music, we would always sing the Hallelujah Chorus. And I loved just the feeling of that emotion and that music coming together with the words of that song and it just would envelop you in this space. I mean it was just an amazing experience. 
But one of the things that you'll notice if you watch an orchestra perform is that not all instruments are treated equally. Some instruments play a whole lot more than others. Some instruments have just small little parts. Some of them play the entire piece. Some of them even play louder, some play softer. Some have like the lead melody and some play like a supporting melody. It's not always the same. I want you to imagine if you went to your local orchestra performance and every instrument played every note of the music all at the same volume and never changed. Can you imagine what that would sound like? <laughs> it would probably sound like a train wreck because it would just be this clash of noise, right? Without a lot of life to it. And one of the things that gives music life is this sort of ebb and flow of different instruments coming in at different points and playing with different intensity and different volumes at just the right time. And when we talk about um, orchestra music, especially being crafted and created and composed, it's because not all instruments are treated the same and not all notes are played the same. But when we weave all of that together, it creates this life, like breathing type of performance. So what if our lives were that way? What if we gave ourselves permission at sometimes to be that violin that is consistent and throughout and almost spotlighted in that piece, which is our life? What if parts of our lives were like the tuba that sat kind of in the background and provided a very important bass structure? Don't get me wrong, tuba players, don't write me hate mail. But what if that is what you were or that part of life was that way? And it just kind of gave you that underlying support. Or what if there were parts of your life that was like the triangle that only had to play at the one little part in the one little piece of the one little song, but it was important. I remember when we would do um, the sleigh ride song uh, where they always have the horse crack whip in the sound of the music and um, the trumpet does the neigh of the horse those two things make that song. It makes or breaks that song, right? If you don't get it right, it kind of kills the mood of that song. It's called Slay, right? Right? Yes, I think it is. Um, anyways, I remember being in the Philharmonic and watching the um, percussionist do the crack of the whip and watch the trumpet do the neigh of the horse. And like that, like I said, it makes or breaks that song, right? But they couldn't do that the entire time, the entire song. It wouldn't have the same effect. It wouldn't be as special or unique. And I really think life is like that. Life is like an orchestra. Sometimes we have parts that are more important. Some parts are less. Some parts are loud. Some parts are soft. And it's harmony. And when you look up the definition of harmony, it means that all pieces work together. All pieces are working together. Not that one's priority over the other out of some sort of malicious reason. It's working together. Not all parts are created equal because they work together. Balance is regimented and equal, and it seems harsher when you read the actual definition of balance, where harmony gives grace for ebb and flow and give and take, and that's what life's really about. So I want you to change your language, and I want you to say harmony, not balance. We're going for harmony and not balance, and here's a couple things to help you sort that out. First, I want you to think about creating margins in your day or your week. And what I mean by that is really knowing what your limitations are. Are you the type of person that can go, go, go all week and 
push through to the weekend and then just have some downtime on the weekend and you're good to go? Or do you need breaks throughout the week where you're not really willing to spend every night away from home? You need to have some home time and you know that's your limitation. That's okay. Your limitation is not going to be the same as mine, but you got to know what that is. And then you have to build margin or space in your calendar and your schedule for the week to allow for that. One of the things I love most is um, getting to own my own business means I get to set my own schedule. And I realized that for me, the thing that makes me feel strong and makes me feel at my best and brings me kind of that recharged feeling and that grounded feeling of like, I'm filled up and ready to run the race. I need alone time. I need downtime. That's how I recharge. I don't know. That's not everybody, but that's how it is for me. And so when it came to setting my schedule, I recognized that I could not be out and meeting with people or doing speaking events or promoting my business Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I needed to have a day that I would meet with people and be out, you know, among people and having meetings and doing promotional stuff. And then I needed a day in the office where I could just do my thing and not have to really be on per se. And then the next day I could go do all those things again, but then I would need another day that I would come back and kind of recharge and regroup. I know that's my calendar. That's my schedule. That's what makes me work. And so what makes you work? How do you find that margin and that limitation? I also know for me that if I schedule two things during the week to happen in the evening, I'm done. The rest of my week, I'm not going out. I'm done. And I love that because it means I know that I can only do so much throughout the week. The rest of the time, I'd rather spend it with my family at home. Now you might be thinking about that and going, oh my gosh, I would never want to do that. I love being out and about. Your limitation is going to look different than mine. But what that means is once you decide what that is, once you hit that limitation, once you come to that line, you don't cross it. So if I already have two meetings that are scheduled in the evening for this week, I'm not scheduling a third. If someone asks me, hey, can we get together this week in the evening? I say, you know what? I'm already, already booked. I'm already booked. We'll have to look at the next week. And that is how I know my limitation. And I create that margin. I don't allow people to extend me way past my point of no return. I don't allow people to fill up my calendar to the point that I can't catch my breath. And you are in charge of your time and you are in charge of your harmony. So you have to set the limitations and you have to know what is it that you can handle? Where do you need to have the cutoff point and what do you need to say no to in order to create harmony and space in your week or your day even and be okay with that. And you don't have to apologize for that at all. Second thing I want to talk about is routines. So this is something we talked about a couple weeks ago in another podcast episode, the importance of having routine. And the reason for that, we talked all kinds of reasons why routine is important. But when it comes to this whole concept of harmony, routines are important because it allows you to create sort of this efficiency model that allows your mind to rest. Now, if you are trying to remember lots of things, if you're constantly, constantly having to let things kind of sit and scroll through and roll through your brain, eventually that can really weigh and wear on your psyche. 
if you're trying to constantly remember all the things that you have to do the next day and you go to bed, sometimes you can't sleep because your brain is constantly trying to remind itself, okay, I have to get up and do this. I have to make this. I have to grab this. This is all the things that have to happen. Or if you're trying to uh, remember all the tasks throughout the day, instead of writing things down, again, your brain is constantly engaged trying to remember those things. Or if you don't create a routine and in the morning you're spastic and crazy and running with a chicken with its head cut off, trying to gather all of your stuff, again, it weighs on you as a person, as a human, as in your brain, in your heart, in your spirit. Routines allow you to catch your breath. It allows you to create brain space. As crazy as that sounds, if you make a list of things, your brain doesn't have to remember it. And you've built this routine in place that allows you to plan and prepare for the end uh, for the next day and to actually end and wrap up that current day. Your brain can be at ease again and you can rest and relax, even if you're not laying in the bed, but you're allowing your brain and your body to rest and relax. And routines will do that for you. And routines are great to set up for you know scheduling, but creating space in your day as a routine to create list, evaluate the next day, plan and prepare, all of that will benefit you in this concept of needing to feel in control, needing to feel like there's space in your time and your place, needing to feel like um, you're not being reactive to everything thrown at you, but you're being proactive to what is needed. I've told people before that sometimes I feel like I stand in a space and like all the things in life are like little piranhas that come to me and they just take little pieces of me. And before I know I'm picked clean, there's nothing left but the skeleton of Christy. And that's because I haven't created margin in my day. I haven't set limitations. I haven't uh, opted for harmony instead of balance. And I haven't set and lived by routines that allow me to recoup and relax and regroup. Have a routine, whatever that needs to look like for you. And if you need to go back and listen to that uh, episode of the podcast, we'll link it in the show notes for you so you can take a listen to that episode. The third thing is to use some real practical tools. If you are a pen and paper person, having a planner, having a planning worksheet is super helpful for you. Or if you're a digital gal, all of that stuff exists on your smartphone. So grab a calendar, get a to-do list, create whatever you need to create or pull together whatever resources you need to pull together to keep it together. And it's really those tools matched up with those routines and that mindset that is the magic pill. There's really no special science to it or some special trick you need to learn. It's really those three elements, a mindset change that says, I'm okay with making choices and saying yes to something and no to something else. I'm okay for you know not apologizing that this is the way I want to run my life. The second thing in that magic pill is knowing what your limitations are and not crossing the line and then also creating a routine and a plan for it. And so utilize the calendar, utilize list, get a desk pad by, um, you know, a calendar if you need to hang it in your kitchen, whatever it is. I use multiple ones. And if you really want to know, I sort of secretly have an obsession with planners and calendars. Um, I have two right now hanging in this home office that I use for different reasons. I actually have a paper calendar that I schedule appointments on and then I put everything in a digital calendar. 
so it syncs up with my appointment scheduling software. And then I have a desk pad that keeps track of my task. So it's a little overkill, but it's what works for me. So you have to find what works for you and then do it. I will also share with you in this episode um, some of those resources that have been helpful for me. I'll link them in the show notes. You can download my planning worksheet that I use to not only um, pull together my goals and gratitude, but also keep me focused on tasks and what's scheduled for that day. So check that out. The last two things I want to share with you is a concept called a life map. And basically what this is, is you designate specific areas of your life and you rate them, just absolutely rate them on a scale of one to 10. How's it going? What do I think about this area of my life? And then the second rating for that particular you know, area of life is how am I doing as far as getting to where I want to be in this area of my life? So let's say, for instance, one of the areas in your life is your marriage. And so on a scale of one to 10, what is your satisfaction level? with that, with your marriage, with that area of your life on a scale of one to 10. Well, maybe you say that it is an eight, but then you also rate how important is it for you to increase that? Or are you okay with it being right there? And it is okay to say, I am okay with it being right there because the next area of life may be different. Maybe the next area of life is your kids and your family. And right now that's a five on your satisfaction scale. But the importance factor of like, how important is that to you right now is a 10. And so when you see that a five versus a 10, then you have to think, what do I do to like bounce that five up? closer to a 10, because this is obviously an area that's really important to me. And if I'm not investing in this area to make it better, I'm going to feel really disconnected with what's important to me right now. And the life map, again, we'll um, share a download for you in the show notes. You can go get the little worksheet and do it yourself, but it's super easy. Like I said, you have, I think, eight different sections on the map. It's just a pie graph, basically, and eight, eight pie slices, and you designate a slice for every area of your life, slice of life. And in that slice of life, you say, okay, what is my satisfaction level for this? On a scale of one to 10, 10 being amazing, and I don't need any improvement here, and one being, this is like, you know, horrible. This is not what I want at all whatsoever you rank that. And then you have to think about that area of life and what is the priority right now? What is the priority? And if it's super high on the priority list, what are you doing to bring those two numbers closer together? If it is a nine on the priority scale, but a four on the satisfaction scale, what are you going to do to bring those numbers closer together? you're either going to have to lower it on the priority list if it's really not a priority, or you're going to have to invest some action and effort uh, into bouncing that satisfaction level up so it matches what you really want out of that life section. So here's why that's important. All sections of life cannot all be high priority. It just can't. You can apply focus in each of those areas and you can do things in each of those areas, but they can't all be high priority uh, and high satisfaction all the time. Certain things are going to take precedence over others. This goes back to the harmony versus balance concept. While those pie pieces on the chart are equal, it doesn't mean that they have to hold equal importance or equal priority. You determine that. 
So in my life, one of the areas I have is um, my finances is an area of life. And that's a very important area of life. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to a priority of that, for a while, it was really low on the priority list, not because it's not important, but that was an area of high focus for my husband. And I was okay with him kind of like taking the lead and using his brain power to bring the satisfaction level of finances up closer to the priority level. I, on the other hand, had a high priority level for my business and I knew I needed to grow my satisfaction of what that looked like, but I can't do both. You know, I can't do all things. And so while he could focus on finances and I was okay, kind of letting go of that area and letting him run with that, he was okay with saying, you know what, the business thing, totally your baby, have at it. And I made that a priority and that was my focus. We both equally share focus on our relationship or on our family. But again, you know, some things don't have to be a 10 on the priority list. They can be a five, they can be an eight. It's whatever you feel like it needs to be. And the life map evaluation can happen over and over again. This is not a one and done, meaning that that priorities um, assignment is the way it has to be forever. In fact, the life map exercise is something you can do twice a year or at the very least once a year. And what's cool about that is when you see that I have a high priority of a nine in this particular area of my life, but I have a satisfaction level of four, well, then you know that your goals and your activity and probably where you're going to apply your most effort is going to be in that section. And why that's important is because if that is a high priority for you and you start investing in that and the satisfaction level increases, it does so much for you personally, builds your confidence, your worth, your significance level, but it fulfills who you are. It fills you up because this is an area of life that's important to you. And the cool thing is that in most cases, when one area starts to improve, others do as well, even if that's not the focus. So like, for instance, if I applied a lot of effort and attention to my business and the satisfaction level of that increased, that means that my business is doing well, which by like aftershock means that my finances will be doing well, right? So it may not grow at the same rate and it may not be at the same level, but it still improves. Rachel Hollis says that when the water rises, all ships in the harbor rise as well. It's not just one ship. So like all areas of your life start to, in, to increase a little bit. If you have a high priority to make your marriage better and you start to increase the satisfaction level of that, you may also see that the satisfaction level and the improvement of your overall family gets better as well because when mom and dad are happy, the rest of the house is happy. So again, all those parts kind of benefit because you can't just section one part of your life off and make it totally independent of the rest of you. You are one body and one whole person. So all of these pieces do influence each other, but it's that focal point of these are the one or two slices that really, really need my focus and my attention. And when you see that life map, it's, it's pretty true to say, whoa, this is really, really not matching up. And I need to do something to make this be a little better. And again, not all pieces at the same time. So we're going to give you a copy of the life map uh, to work out for yourself. So you can catch that in the download, uh, download that in the show notes here and get that copy for you. The last thing 
and this is kind of a hard one, so I saved it for last, but the last thing is to think about your intentions behind all the things that you're trying to do. Sometimes when we are going about and working so hard to do all the things for all the people all the time, our true intentions aren't what we think they are, and that's what's really hurting us. So we've all met someone like this who complains and moans and groans about how busy they are and all the things that they have going on, all the things that they're doing and all the boards that they sit on and all the volunteering they do and all the classes they teach at church and so on and so on. But if you try to take one of them away from them, they're like a dog with a bone. They ain't giving it up. You know, they don't want to relinquish any of those things because they actually find value and their identity and their self-worth is wrapped up in all the things that they do. I like to call it the martyr mentality because it's like, I'm going to throw myself on the sword, but don't none of you move the sword, okay? Because like, this is going to make me special if I can do it. And if, if I leave, if I step off of this board or I stop teaching this class, then it's all going to fall apart. I'm the only thing that's keeping this going, that mentality. That's not a real true intention that's healthy. I mean, it's a true intention, but it's not a healthy one because our significance and who we are isn't in what we do. It's in who we are, regardless of what we do. And so when we're trying to fill up our cup and boost our self-worth and to increase our value and our significance out of all the things that we are a part of, eventually we're going to resent all of those things that we're a part of because it's never really going to satisfy us. And it's just going to be how much more can I do to like fill up this cup and to increase my value. You can't do enough of it. You can't. And what you find is that at least in my case, I was guilty of this and I would do all of these things to make myself feel important and make myself feel valuable and included and special and accepted and I could do all of these things and I would end up packing my plate so full that something would fall off or I would fail at something because I just wasn't capable of doing it all. And then I would beat myself up and, you know, think I was a loser because I couldn't do the thing. And so then I would pack more on instead of just replacing that one thing. I usually put two or three more things back in uh, the rotation and fill that plate up all over again, only to find that I would drop the ball, beat myself up, fill the plate up again drop something, beat myself up, fill the plate up again. I mean, it was a vicious cycle that never, ever satisfied and left me more empty than it ever did full. So you got to really know what your intentions are. Is it that? Are you working from the martyr mentality? Are you trying to find your worth in doing all of these things? Maybe your intention is that you're trying to like position yourself as an authority or as an expert or as a boss. What's the true intention there? Is it prideful? Is it to make yourself look good and to give yourself some sort of uh, leverage or to, you know, use a, a good old fashioned term, be haughty, you know, and who you are, what you're doing. That's not a true intention either, because if you're depending on things to elevate you, you'll always stumble and fall off the platform. It's never going to sustain you in that. So what is your real intention? Sitting with yourself and saying, why am I pushing so hard to fit something else into my schedule? Or am I willing to make the sacrifice to create space in my calendar, in my day, in my heart for this thing? Is it really because I want it? My husband and I were just having this conversation 
this morning because there's a group that I'm a part of that's just it's just one of those things where you feel like the more you try to make it work, the more friction you feel and the more frustration you feel. And he said to me, I don't know why you're beating your head against the wall for this. Like if it's not a good fit and it doesn't work for you, then just bow out. Just say, this is not for me anymore and move on to something else. Comes back to that choice thing again, where you have to make choices and know your limitations. And really I had to sit there for a second and think, what is my intention behind this? Is it because I'm fearful that if I'm not a part of this group, I'm going to miss out? Am I feeling like I'm missing an opportunity if I don't connect with these people? Is that really true? Is that really authentic, that feeling? Or am I just like coming out of some place that's not really right, not really true? So sometimes evaluating our intentions helps us realize why those things are on our to-do list in the first place or why we're trying so hard to expand our day or our week or our month to fit something else in. And so when you uncover a not so true intention, then you can make the choice on do I need to like replace this need in something else or somewhere else Or do I just need to cross this off the list and say, this is really not good for me. This is really not a right fit for me and be okay with the fact that no one else may get why you're crossing that off the list, but that's your choice to make. That's your decision to make. And it goes back to harmony. If it doesn't bring this harmonious ebb and flow, give and take, breathe in, breathe out concept, then is it really the right fit for you? Marie Forleo, who is a very well-known business strategist, coach, um, big, big time speaker, huge platform on YouTube, lover. She's got great stuff. Go check her out. She also wrote a book called Everything is Figure Outable, which is really fantastic. But in it, she says that she asks herself, is the decision to do this or that making me feel expansive or making me feel contracted? Meaning, does it open me up and make me feel alive and full of life and energy and open to whatever is coming? Or does it like cause me to kind of clench my stomach together and hold my breath and like pull in as like a self-protection mode? Well, if that's the case, maybe it's really not the right decision. But all of these things we've talked about today, they all require you to slow down enough to notice how you feel or think through where you're at. But if we continue to just run and run and run and run and never slow down enough to really stand in the place of where we're at, how we're feeling, what we're thinking, what we need, we'll never be able to decipher how we really feel. It's really about the margin. It's really about the harmony. And knowing who we are and what we want And then choosing to pack our hours in the day with the things that get us closer to what we're looking for in life and the life that we're hoping for, dreaming for, working for. Because if we have a dream that exists over here, but all of our actions and activity pulls us away from that, we're never going to be fulfilled. We're never going to feel significant. We're never going to feel satiated by all of that activity. It's going to constantly be the source of resentment and frustration because that activity is pulling us away from the thing that we want most. So of course there's things we have to do in life we don't like, right? How does laundry get anybody to their goal? It doesn't but we still have to do it, right? But for the most part, when you're looking at your day-to-day routines and your your actions and your to-do list, the question really is, is this taking me closer to what I want most? Or is it really distracting and deterring me from what I'm trying to get to? 
I hope that you found some help when it comes to this whole concept of balance, whether it's one of these tips or tools that you can use and apply in your life to take real tactical action to change the way you go about your day or about your life. I hope you get it. I hope you download it. I hope you use it. I hope you do take action on it. Or maybe in listening to this, maybe you found just some encouragement to get to say no to certain things, to draw the line in the sand and say, this is my limitation. Maybe it's simply just changing your mindset to recognize that balance is really hard and regimented and structured. And what we really need in life is harmony. And then it gave you permission to just allow for things to unfold as, as they need to be, as you need them to be. And if it doesn't look like the person standing next to you, that's okay. How you choose to design your life is exactly that, your choice and your life. And there's no apologies needed for you for that, if that's what you're pushing for. It's when we try to fit ourselves into a mold that's not designed for us that we feel out of place and we feel the friction. It's just like when Cinderella's stepsisters tried to force their foot into that glass slipper. It wouldn't have been comfortable. They couldn't have danced all night in those shoes, right? We all know the feeling of a a pair of shoes that are too small for us. They don't feel good. We do the same thing, though, when it comes to our lives, our goals, our plans. We try to fit into something that's not really designed for us. And then we want to know why we feel disconnected, why we feel labored, why we feel frustrated, and, and the weight of it is overwhelming and it's pressure packed. So maybe in listening to this episode, you've gotten some idea on what you can do to really look inside and determine what it is that you want in life and how you can start to take steps to get there in a way that's authentic to you, in a way that means something to you, in a way that fulfills you. I hope you've gotten some good lessons here. Don't forget to head to the show notes, whether you're catching this on the podcast or watching this in the video, head to the notes and download some of the tools that we're offering to you for free. You'll find a a free planning worksheet. You'll find my free ebook, Kick the Clock. That's all about time management. And you'll also find a couple other links that can put you in the right frame of mind so that you begin to think harmoniously instead of just balance. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I can't wait to be back with you next week. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Live Revised Podcast. If you did, would you be a dear and give us a review? If you're on a podcast platform that allows for reviews, we would love for you to tell us your thoughts and what you get most out of joining us each week here on the Live Revised Podcast. And we would also love it if you would tell your friends about the Live Revised Podcast by either pointing them in our direction or taking a screenshot of you listening to an episode and sharing it with your social media friends and family. We would love that. It helps us get the word out on all the cool things we're sharing here on our channel. For now, I wish you the best week possible. Be sure to join us next week, but I'm going to be sharing something rather unique, something a little different uh, on the channel. We're going to be talking about my personal experience with getting out of debt. Some good, some bad, some ugly, some really exciting things that happen when we finish paying off debt. And more importantly, just talking about the heart and the attitude behind the whole process. So make sure you join us next week.